Hey y'all, it's me, love Ashley Elaine. I am back with Voices of the Body. This month is dedicated to miscarriage, pregnancy, and infant loss, as well as domestic violence awareness month. This particular episode, we're going to be talking with a very amazing um, now friend of mine, Allie Anderson, who had a stillbirth and through her healing journey, found joy in keeping her baby alive through giving back to the world of women who have also experienced pregnancy loss and infant loss. So get yourself prepared for our meditation. You know the vibes, you know what to do. So prepare your mind, your body, and soul as we get into this episode. Do you often think about the vision you once had for yourself? Do you even have these feelings of where you are just not being enough for you? Just why you just can't be normal? Why these thoughts and feelings of where you are just isn't enough for you? Well, I have created a mini online course called The Inner Vision of You. Life can and will take you on a journey that you never expected to be on, but I promise it's for your highest good and you can get back to the path toward your higher self and the self that you've always saw. This mini online course will give you practical guidance on just how to bring awareness back to your vision and what you can do to make shifts in your daily life that will assist you in realigning yourself. Go to ashleyelaine.me and sign up to receive emails and the free mini course, The Inner Vision of You. Or just go to my homepage and you'll see the link to to register for the free course. The link will also be in the show notes and in my IG bio. For questions or if this prompts you to schedule a one-on-one vision coaching session with me or to tap into some of my other offerings like Release and Rise, the yoga mentoring program, send me an email to bookaeyoga at ashleyelaine.me. That's book. A-E-Yoga at A-S-H-L-E-I-E-E-L-A-I-N-E dot me. Also, follow me on IG at The Black Creative Yogini and follow our podcast at Voices of the Body underscore the podcast. Your agitation is a sign that you're being called higher. Are you ready? So I want to invite you to bring your gaze down your nose or gently closing your eyes if you feel safe in your body. And if you feel safe in your surroundings, 
And depending on where you are, just allow your body to find the posture that um, is comfortable for it in this moment. Maybe it's driving where you are right now, which is completely fine. As always, you can come back to this meditation space. Or maybe it's sitting down. Um, I will forever keep saying crisscross applesauce because I love working with kids. So um, with legs folded in word um, or finding that seat that is pleasing for your body. Or maybe it's laying down. And I want to invite you to bring one hand to your belly and one hand towards your chest, your heart space. Sounds right. And as you take a big breath in, bringing your breath all the way to the top of your throat, As you bring your breath all the way up through the body, hold it for four, three, two, one. And as you release, audibly sighing, releasing any toxins or anything that you might be holding on to. And on the next big inhale, bringing the breath all the way up through the body, from the belly, through the chest, to the top of the throat, bringing it all the way up as far up as you can. Bring your shoulders up towards your ears, right? Really bringing them all the way up. And as you exhale, audibly sigh. Dropping the shoulders, bringing them all the way down. And bring your chin towards your chest. And just allow your head to hang, right? Allowing your shoulders to come back and down as if you're trying to bring your shoulder blades together. And while you're here, allowing their head to hang, take a big breath in and release. Again, keeping the heart space open, keeping the chest open. And one more big inhale and exhale. And I want you to allow yourself to just be present, to allow yourself to connect with your breath, allowing yourself to feel every breath. And that with every exhale that you allow your body to release, that you envision toxins coming up and out of your body that you envision anything that you're holding on to to be released. That you give yourself permission to let go, whatever that looks like, right? Sometimes and 
our letting go process, it looks like tears. Sometimes in our letting go process, it looks like fear being released, right? It looks like whatever it is that your body needs it to look like, whatever it is that your body is asking for you to let go of. And now I want you to envision what yourself would look like, what your body will feel, what your higher self feels like once you've released this space, once you've released what it is that needs to be let go. Grief is a never-ending journey. It's something that is inevitable because change is inevitable. Things will change. But if we're constantly clinging to what those things are that need to be let go, right? Once we decide to let go, we'll open up the palm, we'll open up the hands, we'll open up the body, we'll open up the heart and really see the scars really see the scars and when we let go we're giving ourselves permission to allow our higher power god our divine to come in and clean up those scars to clean us up to rebuild us to mold us to bring us back into alignment and i always say we were like even when trials come we're never out of alignment yet we're we're growing back into a higher alignment right we're able to to ascend and and transcend and move into a higher space that is meant for us so really give yourself permission to let go and to grieve what you're letting go because it's okay it's okay to not be okay it's okay to want something so bad and know that it's not good for you. It's okay to release what it is that you love that that is no longer serving you, right? Because the older version of you and the newer version of you are now divinely meeting. And that newer version of you, that higher version of you is ready for you to move forward. So take a big breath in and release. And one more big breath in and release. And you have permission to stay in this space or gently opening up your eyes. And we will be right back. One of my most favorite self-care regimens is to take long baths. Like I've literally just redecorated my whole entire bathroom to bring home my own spa experience. One of my favorite things to add are body scrubs. CB Soap and Candle Co. have the most amazing body scrubs. Like they're made with pure love, so much love, leaving my legs and my body and just everything feeling so good, like pure silk, like I've just renewed my whole entire body. Enjoy spa quality products in the comfort of your own home with CB Soap and Candles. 
Candle Co. Go to cbsoapandcandleco.com and use code VOTB, all caps, to get 10% off your order. So my last order, which I need to order more, that I made was Coco Cashmere, which is like, you want to go back into the black and white Hollywood films and feel like diamonds and pearls like Coco Cashmere does that at least for me the smell the smell is so like beautiful like the smell is gorgeous and it's really like the smell is really really nice for that transition into the fall right like that real grounding space um like a nice sandalwood but my fave, which I wish I brought like thousands of them, was passion fruit, guava, and mint. I brought passion fruit, guava, and mint when like around the spring summertime when we're in that nice transition from spring into summer. Sis, ma'am, sir, guy, all of y'all. Passion fruit and guava. First of all, I love, I love guava. I love guava. There's like this nice dance that the guava and mint do with like the passion fruit. And it's, 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 it's beautiful. It's refreshing. The mint is very refreshing. And then just the smell of fruit. It smells like fresh fruit with mint. Like your whole shower, your whole bathroom still smells like it afterwards. These scents are so authentic. You can feel the love and the time that was made in curating these products and how thoughtful the pairing is. It's so beautiful. So, so beautiful. So go to CB Soap and Co. Candle Co. Excuse me. Go to CB Soap and Candle Co.com and use the code VOTB, all caps, to get 10% off your order. And welcome back to Voices of the Body. So, as I said in the beginning of the episode, this month is dedicated to uh, pregnancy loss, miscarriage, and infant loss, as well as domestic violence awareness loss. It's a whole thing this month, y'all. So, please be prepared for some things that might come up. There are resources that will be on the website. Um, all of my guests this month also have resources on their website. So please feel free to reach out to them. Um, reach out to me, whatever it is that you need. Go tap into your local communities and see what's available for them as well. I am excited to have my first ever guest <laughs> on my show. She has volunteered to trial and error <laughs> everything with me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is it okay to call you Allie? Yes, it is. It is. Okay. So we have <laughs> Allie Anderson. Allie Anderson has always looked at life with a glass half full. And I believe that her spirit is so big and so bright. When she lost her firstborn son, DJ, at 28 weeks gestation on uh, January 18th in 2016, it rocked her to the core. So through her grief and her healing journey, she has grown spiritually, discovered her purpose, and has become a better wife, a golden and rainbow mama, pregnancy loss advocate, mentor, grief companion, and baby loss support coach to other families who unfortunately dealt with this same tragic plight of loss, which is how we met. Alicia has learned early in her grief journey that sharing her story helps her heal. 
Two years into her healing journey, she published, she self-published her book, Still Here, a memoir of love, loss, and triumph after stillbirth to help eradicate what she coins the three, the three S's of baby loss, silence, secrecy, and, um, and shame, and to foster honest, open, and transparent dialogue surrounding the topic of baby loss, grief, hope, healing, and motherhood after loss. She enjoys writing, singing, traveling, making memories, spending quality time with her family and friends, and connecting with baby loss families at various stages of their grief and healing journeys. She resides in Southern California, I love California, with her husband, <laughs> Derek, and two living sons, Grayson and Gavin, while carrying her, while always carrying her angel baby DJ in her heart. Please help me welcome Alicia. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So yes, I'm going to keep saying thank you a hundred times because like, this is huge for me, right? One, like just having this platform, um, I'm excited about it and nervous, of course, because it's very vulnerable. Um, but I'm excited because it gives us the opportunity to heal other people. Yeah. It gives us the space to say, Hey, you're not alone in this. Like you, like it's time to have these conversations. Um, and even, you know, how we met through loss, right? Like it's, it's like that weird thing (laughs) where it's like, we met in such a, like, not so good space, but good came out of it. Yeah, it came out of it. So we met through. Um, so just a backstory I met Alicia, um, when I had my miscarriage, I was looking for a um support group. There was the first one I went to, I felt so weird, I felt out of pocket, I felt out of place because my miscarriage story is attached to so much other things in my within the grief within my grief story, and I didn't even like get to where I could introduce myself. I just signed right off. And when mm-hmm. I heard that um, uh, Zero to Hope was having a BIPOC grief, uh, miscarriage and pregnancy loss support group, it was just like magic. It allowed me to focus on healing and not being a statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, this question probably wasn't in our questions, but I w- like we'll lead with that. What is... Yeah. Like, why do you think it's so important for black and brown women to have their their own network of support when it comes to pregnancy loss and miscarriage? Oh, that's a good one. Um, First, I just want to say thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Um, As Ashley mentioned, she was in one of our support groups, and it is always an honor as a facilitator to see um, the participants when they first start, when they end, and even beyond um, when we when we say our goodbyes, at least in the virtual support space, mm-hmm. um, to see what you all do afterwards and to see you take the resources and utilize them for, you know, your own healing. So it, it's just an honor to be able to see people like Ashley flourish, you know, even after um, something so traumatic. So I just wanted to um, encourage and congratulate her for stepping out on faith and doing what is necessary for her healing and also to help others. But to answer your question, um, it is so important that we've seen as facilitators to have this space because one, a lot of times when you are in the hospital, you lose a baby, um, a lot of the literature that you receive 
there aren't people that look like you. Um, and I heard one lost mom say, they gave me a pamphlet of these people that didn't look like me. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? I'm going to keep it right here because <laughs> this had nothing to do with me. Right. Um, so representation obviously matters. It matters across the scope. I know, um, I don't know if we've seen the things with the Little Mermaid and how Halle Bailey is playing um, Ariel and how, you know, little black little children light up when they see that. And it, it, it rings true for a lot of different spaces where it feels good to find people that look like you that get it. And yes, we're not a monolith, but it feels comforting because we're talking about something so vulnerable where you don't have to explain your humanity to people. Mm. And we can start on a base level of loss and not I'm the black loss mom. I'm the mom of color. It's just, I'm a mom that lost the baby and we all start there. Yeah. So that way people feel a lot more free to open up and we can get to the healing, but you have to be able to get to a space of vulnerability to start the healing process. So I think that's why it's so important just to feel like I can be my true self. I can take the mask off of what society tells me that a black woman or a brown woman looks like. Um, and I can just begin to speak my truth without being judged in a way that we may be in other spaces. Oh, yeah, that's powerful because it comes back to community, right? Like when we think about um, just like our collective, it's, it's like, well, where do I feel comfortable to be able to just be vulnerable, right? And sometimes it's not always with other black and brown people. And then sometimes it's, you know, it is. So um, with your healing journey, so t- like, Tell us, tell us your story about, you know, when you found out you were pregnant, like the excitement, and then you're going through the pregnancy and here we are. Yeah. So I always, I, when I tell my story, I always start with my love story. So I met my husband at an internship and we were in New York. So him and I lived in two different States. We went to two different schools in two different States. Um, And so when we met, it was just like, Hey, I'm going to meet this guy. I met this guy. For 10 weeks, he was awesome. I'm never going to see him again. <laughs> um, and so when we said goodbye, I was just like, all right, it was so nice to meet you, sir. Um, mm-hmm. And then we we exchanged numbers, of course, and we just like kept in contact. I was like, oh, okay, this is a little more serious than I thought it would be. Um, and so we ended up dating long distance for um, four years. And so we never lived in the same city, never lived in the same state. Um, and we got married and that, and it wasn't until two months after we got married that I actually moved to where he was. Oh, wow. So we never lived in the same space. And mm-hmm. so when we first got married, children was the furthest thing from our mind. Cause we're like, we just want to enjoy each other, see what this looks like to actually dwell in the same space be in community you know with one another yeah and of course you know as soon as you jump the broom everybody's like so when are you having kids you know it's like hold your horses right are you going to come take care of what a wife means (laughs) right (laughs) let me learn what being a husband you know see what what it's like to have a husband before i you know commit to children right and you know I've, i've loved kids i didn't i don't think i necessarily like pictured or you know fantasized about being a mom i was just kind of like you know, if it happens and me and my husband want to do that, great. Um, I have my, both of my brothers have a lot of children. They each have five kids. I was like, you know, I'm my aunt. So I'm (laughs) cool with being an aunt too. Um, but we found out, um, I, let me think it was 
three years into our marriage that we were pregnant. And so we were like, oh my God, uh, my husband never believed the pregnancy test. Like I took one, it was the faintest of lines. He was like, nope, you're not pregnant. Go into the doctor. Like, <laughs> so you know, I they make in. these for a reason, right? Exactly. I'm like, I, I think I see two. He's like, no, you don't. It, it's very faint. I don't believe it. Go ask the doctor. So I go in and as soon as I peed on the cup, the, the nurse was like, congratulations, you're pregnant. So I was like, here we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it, we were really excited, very nervous. We're like, what are we going to do with a baby? Oh my God. <laughs> um, and so we were just really excited. Um, we did decide not to tell people. So mm-hmm. we were like, to get past that first trimester 12 weeks so we like my husband is very good at you know keeping things to the best I am not <laughs> I was like bursting at the seams like I need to tell somebody that I'm pregnant um he's like, don't tell anybody so when we finally got to the, like 12 weeks I was like can I please tell my family so he's like yes um so we told our families I made it on Facebook you know so everybody yeah. I did it congratulating us and I had a gender reveal um at like 20 I think I was probably like 20 something weeks mm-hmm. um and then I went in for a 28 week appointment um and the the sonographer and I swear I could still hear that lady's voice I still mm-hmm. know her accent because we lived in Georgia time mm-hmm. I can hear her and she's like there's a lot of fluid around the baby and so my husband and I are like okay you know again this is our first child so we have no clue what that means yeah um we get in and she's just she's still looking and then she's like I'm gonna go get the doctors we're gonna have them come look at you so mm-hmm. I was like that doesn't sound good but again still blind to what was about to happen. And so she comes back in the room. She's like, I'm going to clean your stomach off. We're going to go across the hall. There were two doctors waiting for us. Boxes of tissue in hand. And I'm like, okay, this is not good. Um, and so they just were like, we are so sorry. Your baby does not have a heartbeat. And then they were like, we're going to excuse ourselves. We're going to let you guys, you know, try to process what we just told you for about yeah. 10 minutes. So they left and I just let out the most piercing scream I had ever, like, the sound that came from my body, I did not even recognize. Yeah. My husband just kind of like held me and he's like, okay, um, we're both, we both went to school for engineering, but I like to say my husband's more so the traditional <laughs> engineer. So he's very like, okay, what is the plan? How are we going to do this? What are the next steps? You know? Um, so when they came back in, he was just like, what do, what do we need to do? Like, what's next? You know? Yeah. Um, I like zoned out. I was just like, what, where do I go from here? Right. Um, and he kind of just gave us some um, some options on what we could do. So that it was a Friday when we found out. So they were like, we can induce you today. You can come in sometime this weekend between now and Sunday. Or you can kind of wait for your body to go naturally and go into labor. We don't recommend that one. So we ended up saying that we would come in the next day. Um, and they took it from there where they called the hospital and let them know we were coming. Um, my husband and I drove home separately and I still to this day don't know how I made it home safely because I was a wreck. Mm-hmm. We got into that house and it just felt so small. Like it was wild. Um, mm-hmm. And so we just kind of like tried to process as best as we could. We, 
my husband called my parents and he called his parents. He called them all separately. Um, and I, in my book, I, I talk about that moment where I just felt like we were detonating bombs. Like with each call we made, it just was so heartbreaking because it was yeah. my parents. I'm the youngest. Um, I have two older brothers. So it was my um, first child. So their first grandchild for me. Mm-hmm. And then it was my my um, husband's. He would, this would have been the first grandchild on their side, period. So mm-hmm. they were really excited. And so it just, it was so heartbreaking for me, just like <laughs> to have to tell them as grandparents, like, nope, this isn't it. Um, yeah. And I just apologized to my husband profusely because we were supposed to name him after my husband. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just felt like I failed him. I was like, I failed you. I failed my baby. Like mm-hmm. it was just a lot of, guilt and all of that um so we went into the hospital um a day later and I got induced um and this this shows you how unprepared I was or just how much I didn't know about what was to come because so we googled you know what do you call a baby that dies at 28 weeks and that's when we found about stillbirth Mm -hmm. but then we went in and me and my husband were like well what 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 will they do with the baby like do they throw it away do they like we we had no clue what was going to happen. I didn't pack a hospital bag and I was there for three days. Wow. Um, so it just was like, I was so not prepared for what was to come. Yeah. Um, but I had him vaginally. I held him. We spent time with them. Um, we took some pictures. They had a photographer come in and take pictures of them. And to this day, I really don't know how much time it was. I don't think it was that long, probably less than like five hours that mm-hmm. we spent time with them mm-hmm. um and I always say like there's so many things that I could go back to that moment I would change but I am glad that I had the chance to you know hold them and spend time with them and when he started to turn cold and things like that we we're just like it's time um yeah. so we prayed we dedicated him back to God and the nurse came and rolled him out and that was the start of my new life or, yeah. you know that day so Whew. yeah <laughs> Whew. And then like, so it's you and two older brothers. Yes. So you were the baby girl. Yes. You know, it like, you know, that, that, that had to feel like some weight also, right. When we think about like family <laughs> expectations, like um, when I hear you say detonating bombs, it's like, well, yeah, like if, because family puts so much expectation on us, especially the girl, it's like, you know, you're the only girl. We already got all these grandkids from the boys. It's like our baby needs to have a baby now. So um, the pressure, the pressure. I hear the number three in your story so much. I'm a numbers person. So (laughs) yeah, the number three keeps coming up, which is just, it's, it's a cool reminder that, you know, you're right where you, where you're, where you need to be. Like, God, God knew that you were going to transmute and alchemize this pain and really turn it into something beautiful. Like when he says, I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. Right. And I'm preaching to the choir, like (laughs) I'm preaching to myself too. But when he says like, I'll give you, like, I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. Like when I, like, I'm just paying attention. It's like, okay. She's the third one. It's like, she's, there's three siblings. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, like, I just keep seeing the number three the show, up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. show up in your story. So it's, 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 
like pain is such a beautiful thing and like it's really weird it's so weird yeah Yeah. so weird like and when I think about grief and support like what is what did that look like for you who so at the beginning it was really my husband first Mm -hmm. and foremost like he was my rock um I could not have done this without him and I was like you know how like sometimes you're like when I when I first met him it was so crazy that there was an older lady at our internship and she was like this person is gonna be your husband and he she was just kind of like he 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 comes from a good stock you come from a good stock you guys are gonna it's it, it's like kind of like a predestined kind of thing and we were just like this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> But I could not have asked for like a better partner. Like in this situation showed me like when they talk about the, you know, um, in sickness or in health and to death, you pardon all that. When you take your vows, I was like, oh, we got hit early. <laughs> like, like, here's the I test. Was like, hey, girl. All right. Yeah. yeah. Lights came action. And so <laughs> he was like, really? He I don't think I could have made it without my husband. I will say that. Um, mm. And then my mother was one of the ones who came like as soon as I told her what happened, she was like, I'm on a flight. So my parents lived in Michigan or in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they she found a flight, flew down as soon as she could. So she got there. Um, I was in the hospital three days. So she got there like at the end of day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she came and she kind of she didn't understand everything either but she was just kind of like the interceptor for me so like when people would try to call my phone and you know just try to get to me because I was like I don't I don't want to talk to anybody like I can't I don't I'm trying to process what I I have to do here yeah and I'm not explaining this to anybody so like please I'm trying to explain it to myself exactly (laughs) I'm trying to process so my mom was just like not taking calls I will let her know you called thank Mm -hmm. you you know we, we appreciate you for thinking of us but you know, so she just kind of was like my first line of defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciated her so much for just doing that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond my husband and her, of course, our families were there. They held us up in prayer. My dad is a pastor. So, you know, he he called all of my extended family members. So I didn't have to do that. Um, so he let my brothers know. And my brothers like sent food and gift cards and you know just like to make sure I had the basic things yeah um and of course my my husband's family they were so supportive of us as well so we had a very beautiful village around us mm-hmm. but beyond that um I always say in my story also I could see like looking back now I see God's hand in it because when I was in the hospital the day I got there I had a nurse and she was off day two and mm-hmm. she came back day three and asked to be back with us mm. um and so before we left after we had dj after you know they rolled them out the room she came and talked to us and she just said i'm going to give you a list of things that may occur in your journey and you can take that for what it is so she's like you know you and your husband are going to grieve differently it is it just happens it yeah. happens lean in to one another if you see each other grieving give each other space to do that Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, if you don't feel comfortable with how you're grieving, seek out help. And to me, that was like one of the best things I could have heard because again, I grew up in a church background, you know, and it's often pray about it, let God handle it. And I wholeheartedly believe in prayer. I believe yeah. in my faith. 
I believe in God because I, I had to lean on him heavy yeah. in Greece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But help and therapy are also tools, I believe, that God has, you know, sent here for us here on earth. Um, and my therapist, like, helped save me um, mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm not going to make it. I don't, I don't think I can do it. And she really just gave me perspective on what it's like to grieve and she normalized my grief. I think that that was the first thing. It's just like the, the things that you're telling me are very normal, yeah. but you don't know that because we often grieve in isolation and mm-hmm. we're often by ourselves. And so when you hear somebody validate what you're experiencing, it's just like, okay. And she was not a lost mom. She had family members that had lost children. So she was aware of that aspect, but she just helped me like put into perspective what emotions are, how you handle those types of things. They're not good or bad. They just are, you know, those kind of principles where it's yeah. just like, that makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. and that I can utilize what I'm going through to not only help me, not mm-hmm. only to my son, but to help other people. And that to me just made it feel more like, okay, I have a purpose, like somewhere in this, all yeah. this pain that I'm feeling. Absolutely. Uh, was your therapist black or white or what was there actually white so Mm -hmm. it was it was crazy I was in so I did my first bachelor's degree in engineering Mm -hmm. um and then I went back to school for fashion and so I I knew you were smart (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were smart (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah I did industrial engineering at Florida A&M so it was a historically black college um but I went there and then when I moved to Georgia, I know Rattler, <laughs> when I moved to Georgia, then I I went into um, fashion. And so it was my senior year, the, the semester right before we started, I lost DJ in January. We started like end of January or something like that to, mm-hmm. for that last semester. And I was like, okay. And for me being the person that I am, this is like a sidebar. I'm like, so, you know, like scholarly and this and this. So I had a 4.0 and I was like, I don't want to lose my 4.0. I know that mm, sounds crazy. No, so like, it doesn't okay, sound crazy at all. I had the all. pressure yeah. of school yeah. plus this heavy grief. And I was like, I don't know how the go-getter ambitious girl over here is going to be coupled with this girl that is falling to pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she like, let me just normalize. Like you lost the baby. That is huge. That is yeah. trauma. Um, and so, cause I'm just like, okay, I got to get it back. I got to get it done. And even my professors are like, why are you at school? Like, I was like, I got to finish, you know? And I was able to compartmentalize like my day. So like I could go to school and be totally fine. But when mm-hmm. I would come home, I would fall to pieces. Yeah. And like my husband had the tissue on the nightstand ready to go. Like, I don't know, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like one of those things too, where I, that was one of the ways that I had to learn boundaries because mm-hmm. I was like, president of this, vice president of this, in this, doing this, doing. And I just had to say, I can't. I can't. And that was my first time where, and as a like recovering people per pleaser, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just had to say, I, I don't have it. I don't have the capacity to pour into everybody. I just have to do this for me. Yeah. And I'm okay saying that because my therapist was like, you can, you can do that. You know, it's okay yeah. to, to do that. Um, And she was somebody that I found through school. So it was like the school department. Cause I was like, I don't even know 
how to begin to find a therapist. Yeah. And with the first avenue I went through, it was free. I got 10 sessions. So it like carried me throughout my semester. It was just like, again, another nod from God to me in my story yeah. that I'm just like, okay, I see God. <laughs> I see you working it out. <laughs> right. In your own way, you know? Yeah. Was that your first time ever in therapy? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. So it was a lot yeah. of like newness. It was just like, wait a minute. New like, yeah. Right. And yeah. it was crazy because when I first took, you know, they give you the initial, um, like not exam, but like they give you an accept assessment and they paired me with an intern and I'm grateful for her too. She was like, this is not in my wheelhouse. So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, put mm -hmm. suggest you to one of the people that actually work here. I was like, thank you. I just need help. I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. You know, yeah. so I was just, wherever you think will fit. Um, yeah. let me know. And so, yeah, the, the lady they paired me with, I, I just needed her at the time. So, yeah. And I respect that intern for being like, you know yeah. what? This is not my realm of work. Yes. Because yes. only like people don't know when you're not honest about what it is you can and can't do or what you even even your own personal experience. Right. Like what you're able to really empathize with or understand or stomach, you know, all of that. You can do more harm than help. Yes. Yes. So yes. I like she like that was the pivot. You know what I'm saying? Like if she didn't, you know, speak up and say, hey, you know what? I don't yeah. think I can handle what you're going through. So let me exactly. get you a real professional like right to be able to help you through this. And that could have like you said, I hear stories where people are like, I still remember the negative one thing that this nurse, this therapist, this this insert the person said to me. So like you said, that can't, that could have been a whole different avenue of where I went down based on the help that I received. So mm -hmm. I am very grateful that she spoke up in, in that moment. Yeah. What was your body going through? Like, can you, can you recall like just anything in your body that was like, cause I, I hear you say, um, I heard you say that you just kept apologizing to your husband right? That, that shame and that guilt that was coming up. What were you like feeling in your body about your body? Oh, we had still have like some, just some like things that I'm just like, oh, so like one of the first thing, the physical of you carrying the baby, like yeah. you're the person that they're, you're, they're entrusting, you know, in your body. And so I just felt like my body failed me. Mm. Um, and I'm like, I'm supposed to be the place of safety. And I was the one that ended up killing my, you know, like it, it felt like I was the blame yeah. for my baby's death. Um, not even having the answer of what happened. So I'm just like, it's me, you know? And my husband's like, no, it's not like we, I don't want you to blame yourself. And it just felt so personal, like, uh, you know, so that was one thing. And then you have the baby, but you still look pregnant. So you leave the hospital and it still looks like I'm carrying a baby. So it's just like, mm -hmm. huh, not only, you know, did I fail you, but now I have this reminder. I have stretch marks. Um, mm -hmm. My milk came in, which was devastating. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm like in the shower one day and here comes the milk. I'm like, but there's no baby. Yeah. So my body had a rough, rough time. Um, And even still, like with my subsequent pregnancies, I had a really rough time holding them where they stayed long enough. So my rainbow baby was born six weeks early. 
And then my last son was born five weeks early. So it was just like me trying to figure, what is my body like? And one of my doctors was just like, your body just doesn't like to carry the term. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like having that, like, uh, like, can we do this right once yeah. you know, and just get it right? Um, so it, it, it's been a back and forth. And I just try to get in that space now where I'm just like, I'm grateful for you. <laughs> Whatever yeah. stage I'm in right now, it's not where I want to be, but I'm grateful that I'm here, you know? So yeah, yeah. Um, perspective. Yeah. And now you have two beautiful, oh my gosh, they're, they're just beautiful. I was looking at your website. I was like, first of all, I love your website. I'm a sucker for nice websites. But then it's like, oh, well, let me see what else is on here. Yeah, yeah. The rainbow, like the rainbow uh, baby onesies are adorable. Y'all Thank go, you. please check them out. They're so, they're so cute. Even if your baby's not a rainbow baby, just buy it anyway. Cause it's super cute. Um, but you have two beautiful rainbow babies. What, when you found out you were pregnant with each of them, I know you just said that you, you know, delivered them early. What was going through like your body and your mental space when, you know, cause this first, like your very first pregnancy was like, okay, all right, this is, this is what has happened. I, I like, I lost a baby and now I'm pregnant again. Yes. What did that feel like? So I got pregnant with my rainbow baby six months later. Okay. I lost. So I lost DJ in January. I got pregnant or found out I was pregnant in August. Mm-hmm. So I was a mess um, mentally, like physically, the pregnancy was going on fine. They were like, you know, I asked my doctors, like, am I considered high risk? And they're like, no, we'll just kind of monitor you at the end. And I thought that was weird because mm-hmm. I use the same people that delivered DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like something I was just like, mm, okay. Um, but mentally I was a mess. Like I was like, at first I didn't know if I wanted to connect with him. Like with DJ, I would sing to him and I would pray and my husband would like talk to him. Hey, this is daddy, you know? And I just felt with my next son, I was just like, do I even want to put in the emotional labor of yeah. connecting because if I lose him, because that is now a reality that I could face. Yeah. I would be shredded. Like, and I know that parents go through that, you know, where they're experiencing multiple losses. And I'm just like, God, I don't know if I can handle this. Um, so it that was my first part where it's just like, I don't know if I want to connect with him. Mm. Then when I finally got over, like, okay maybe we can start to, you know, enjoy this a little bit. Mm -hmm. It was just like the rabbit hole. Like mentally, I was just like, I'm fine. And then it'd be like, but what if he dies? Is he breathing? You know, like it Mm -hmm. just, your mind goes to these very dark places. And I just remember my mom giving me this book. It was called The 4-8 Principle by Tommy Newberry. And it was like, it's a faith-based book, but he just talked about like having your mind, um, you know, focused on things that, we can control what is beautiful what is you know positive what is this what is that you know and so I was like okay so I can't control the outcome of if my baby will live or die but I can control the moment right now like we're here he's alive I'm gonna be grateful for that you know and that kind of transformed my mind enough where I could you know get through the remaining of my pregnancy but then again I said he was born six weeks early and so mm-hmm. I and it was the challenges of having a baby that was born early and his lungs weren't fully developed so they had to put him in the NICU and mm-hmm. that just 
like sent me over the edge because I'm like, I had to leave the hospital again with no baby. Um, he was in the NICU. He was alive. So I was like small wins. Right. Um, but it just, again, like hit me like a ton of bricks. Cause I'm like, when is the, when is the point in the story, Lord, where I just get to have a normal pregnancy mm. like, quotes like that. But when you just say, okay, I get pregnant and I you know, stay pregnant for 40 weeks and I have a beautiful baby, you know, like I just didn't get that experience um, either time. And then of course, with my youngest, it was COVID. Mm. And so mm. with the complications of COVID and all, it was at the very beginning stages of COVID. So I had him April 11th. So oh, wow. like little yeah. things were changing daily. Like yeah. my husband was the only one that could be there. I thought I was going to have a doula. That didn't happen because she couldn't come to the hospital. Mm came five weeks early and I had done like been to the high-risk doctor done like um some suppositories so they could try to keep my service closed and none of it worked so I was just like motherhood <laughs> it's <laughs> the ghetto that I have been yet so zero, like the ratings on this is so low um, <laughs> how they, like how they how you picture what it's going to be in my reality just did not match at all. Like I had my birth plan. I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to breastfeed. I'm going to do skin to skin. I'm going to do this. And, I'm gonna, and just none of that happened. So you're like grieving again, all these expectations of things that you thought would be that yeah. are not. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, uh, I got to deal with what's in front of me. Um, So yeah, it, it, it's been rough, but my babies are beautiful blessings. And, and I do, especially my rainbow baby. I, I am so grateful for him because he kind of like helped save me too. Like just to give me hope, like, okay, there is, you know, other pieces to this motherhood puzzle. So. Yeah. It's, it's so ghetto. It's like trying, like just trying to get to it is already like, you know, because of the, 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 the fairy tale that, you know, yeah. is told and yes the way like movies like it they like you know everything is like oh you get pregnant you you stay pregnant for this long and then you have the baby and like you walk out two days later with the baby and you live happily ever after and it's like that's not all the way true <laughs> no <laughs> nobody really tells us that you know the real truth is this is what could potentially happen. This is, yeah. you know, and you like, and you almost think because you can't see the baby that you're already like in your head, but you're, but because of how we've been programmed to, to think about pregnancy, it's like, oh no, it's just, you know, it's just this beautiful thing. And yeah. it's like, you know, it, it gets a little nasty. And then it's like, yeah. when you're expecting a baby, it doesn't come or, you know, like you said, both all, like both time, well, all three times you're leaving the hospital without a baby it's like well I'm kind of over this now like just yeah. <laughs> it's just what like what are we really doing here <laughs> like, yeah. what is what is supposed to be happening <laughs> um so how do you so I I, I love that you because you shared I believe you shared with us in group like you got a painting done yeah uh, like a family painting done with DJ in it yeah. How do you live his memory on? Like, what does that look like for you and your your rainbow babies? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things that I learned very early on was that sharing for me just helped me 
process DJ, helped me process what had occurred to me. But it also made him feel real because I was the only one besides my husband in the room with our medical staff. Um, my mom was there, but she even elected not to see him. She was just like, I don't think I can handle it. Mm-hmm. So it was literally just me and my husband. Um, and so when I would say I'm having a really sucky day today, like I would be so honest and I would put it on social media. Um, and I know people are probably like, why are you sharing that? Like, but it just freed me in a way because I'm like, my son was real. My pain for him is real. My love for him runs deep. And I want you guys to know, like, I'm not just going to pick up the pieces and go back to normal um, because he was real. So that was the first spring thing. And then I love to write. I always have. Um, and it's so crazy. When I was in third grade, my my third grade teacher told my mom, I'm going to be an author. Hello. So <laughs> I was like, wow, like to see that come full circle. I wrote my journey out um, and I wrote it in three parts. One was to honor him. Mm-hmm. One was to help me just like flush through my thoughts. But the last piece was, of course, to help others that if they did follow in my footsteps they wouldn't feel so unprepared like I did yeah Um, and so that just helped me like feel like more connected to him because I'm like I get to I hate that I meet parents like we've met but I'm able to impart like okay you're not alone in this this journey is tough I'm gonna be honest with you but you're not alone and you know you can make it um and your babies matter and I think that's a huge thing to free yourself that even though they're not here I can still honor them and the honor looks different for each parent but mm-hmm. for me it's just like talking about them talking about my grief acknowledging that I talk about him with my children um so they know who he is like you said I had a friend actually get the painting done for me and she actually got it done when my last son was born mm-hmm. so I had posted a picture of Grayson holding Gavin when he came from the hospital and she was like I had an epiphany that DJ was behind them like just holding them and that's what she got painted for me and like wow. that's probably hands down one of the best gifts I've ever received um yeah and that was uh what at least four or five years after he died um so it's just like when you have people think about your child and they passed so long ago that means so much um yeah. And so, yeah, that that's just a few of the ways that I parent him. I'm, I started my Instagram page and I try to talk about grief honestly and mm-hmm. just honor him in that way as well. So, yeah. What does grief look like for you now? Oh, um, it's just being it's being um, unapologetic about like what I feel in the yeah. moment and allowing it to come. Like, obviously, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I don't um, I don't grieve or the same it it may not look the same on the outward Mm -hmm. but um I am able to you know like process and if I need to cry I'm gonna let myself cry if I want to journal I write a lot so that helps me when I need to flush some things out like what's happening here yeah um and I just let it come you know like Mm -hmm. when it arises I don't I don't push it away yeah just ride the wave Ride, ride the way, the way. let it come <laughs> yeah because people people forget that grief is a part of life right even if it's not like a, a physical death right transitions yeah. that happen yeah. throughout life like when we're changing right and when you think about a loss in um like a, a pregnancy loss 
everything was changing, right? Like your body was changing, your hormones were changing, your, you know, your, your thoughts and ideas were shifting because it's not just, it wasn't just you and your husband anymore. It's like, okay, well now we have to think like parents. We can't think right. like just married people anymore. Right. And, you know, like, ev- like everything changes. So it's like, when that hits, it's like, Hmm. So this is a change that, you know, now we have to change again and, you know, react to a different, like another new normal. It's like constantly recreating these new normals that just keep not happening. Or, you know, it's like, like what, what, what's like, all I see is like a hamster on a a wheel, just keep moving. It's crazy. Yeah, I was going to say too, you're like almost grieving you, like that person that you thought you were going to be, or even the person you were um, prior to loss. Like um, I actually had a support group today and we talked about like, sometimes the relationship with you Mm. has to shift um, because you're just like, I'm not that person. And everybody expects that old person to show up and she's not coming back. Yeah. You have to be her. And like, I go back and look at my journals and I'm like, oh my God, I just have such compassion for the person that was writing at that time. Mm-hmm. I was like, she was doing the absolute best she could to just hold on. And I just want to be like, girl, keep coming, walk down the line. It's coming like, you will see the light, but yeah. it's hard in that darkness where you're just like, I don't know. Like, is today going to be my last? I don't know. Like, yeah. it's very hard. Um, So I don't want to like trivialize grief because it, it's something that I've learned is just going to be lifelong for me, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with that now. Cause now I equate my grief with like, this is just the depth of the love that I have for my son that he's not here. So I have to, I have to get it out some way. Right. Um, so I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with you. I used to be like kind of ashamed. Like, I don't want to cry. I don't mm-hmm. want to look sad. I want to be grateful, but it's like, you can be grateful and you can also be <laughs> right. <laughs> want to insert mad sad joyous envious whatever those emotions they're like all they all are part of the process and that's yeah. okay accepting the duality right and yes. yes. in in yoga it's like that yin and the yang like really allowing both things to exist like two things can exist at one time and yes. i think people forget that like and i had to learn that in my grief journey you know after having the miscarriage it was like okay, these two things can exist at one, at at both times. Like part of my healing was still making reels, right? Right. Like I I was still making reels and that was like bringing me joy and like making me happy, even if they were like about me healing and journaling and all those things, right? But then out like behind the Instagram page, it's like, okay, Ashley is now like laying on the couch crying and making right. sure she's not bleeding all over the place, like screaming yes. from her lungs and her neighbors are probably like, is she okay? Do we need to go <laughs> knock on her door? You know, it's like both things can exist. Like I can be happy yeah. and have like, in, I can be sad and have joy at the same time yeah. Yeah. and that be okay. So, right. and that's like such a hard concept for people to understand. It's like, you have to be all or nothing. And it's like, well, that's not really healthy either. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not, you're not allowing yourself to feel the fullness of what this is. Um, how did you like, at what point did you realize like this was the work that you wanted to, to step into? Um, 
I was like, I like I said, I would post a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I used to get messages, I was like, oh, okay. Um, okay. And like people would be like, this happened to me. This happened to my mom. This happened to my sister. This happened to my grandma. Or um, I would post about just like grief and you know, just like I'm not okay and being okay with that. Yeah. And I would hear other people just say, like, I'm not going through baby loss, but your words are like piercing me. Like I'm going through something. And it's helpful to see people be honest about it. Cause I think, especially when we think about social media, it's all about creating a picture. Yeah. And it's like, yes, I do have a life that I still enjoy, you know, but I also grieve and I also, you know. I have those days. And so I want to be honest about that where it's not all roses, but it's not all like doom and gloom either. Like, I don't right. want to like you say it's not the absolute of one or the other. Yeah. Um, and so when people started to reach out, I've always had a helping nature, but I just felt like this is where people need space to talk about it. Cause I don't think we don't even allow like lost parents that have the space. It's always like, girl, why are you doing that? Or you should keep that behind closed doors or they just want attention. Or it's like, mm-hmm. no, like mm-hmm. if you walk in these shoes, you know how isolating and lonely it is. Yeah. And so for me, it was just like, take the veil off of like what we try to portray. Cause it's easy to like, try to walk in the world and be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And you're like breaking inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, just like let's rip the mask off girl we we passed the you know we passed that we done been through the fire right so you be able to say that um and have people affirm you and such so i just felt like i'm I'm cool with being the affirmer like letting people know you're not crazy it's okay to feel all these things and and be okay with that yeah and it's a it's real like it's 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 real right (laughs) like i don't how to, like to and you think about like generationally it's always oh we we sweep it under the rug we don't what happens in the house you keep it at home mm-hmm. and it's like well home's not really like a like it's not really helping me either so <laughs> i need help like i need help i am reaching out for help and i need it yes. uh, <laughs> what is one thing you are grateful for from this experience oh um I would just say I'm grateful that DJ chose me as a mom. Mm. Um, And I say that because like, I just, I felt like he taught me so many lessons um, and just how to like pour into me, how to, again, create boundaries and say no, um, how to be honest and like how people respect your honesty. Um, Like when I, I had to like, when I would just say like how I feel, my mom was like, you helped me grieve because you were so honest. And I'm like, if you the person that it happened to, like who am I to not, you know, be able to say that I I can grieve to allow myself that. So I think he's just unlocked a lot of things like within me, within my, me and my husband, our families. Um, And so I'm grateful for him for that. Like just helping grow me as a person really. Yeah. What has this taught you about you? (laughs) um it's taught me that um I can handle hard things yeah because up to this point my life had pretty much went like the way that I envisioned it's like okay you're gonna go to school you're gonna probably find somebody to get married you probably have children you know and it's just like okay when those things don't come because I was like I was always good at school I was this I was that I you know like things always seem to work out 
Mm-hmm. And so when they don't, what does that look like? And you're still here, even though yeah. it didn't work out like you planned, you're you're still here. So you can do hard things. Yeah. Oh, that's been my saying all summer. It's like, <laughs> I can do hard things. I can do hard things. Yes. I can do hard things. Like Thomas even the Train. Even if you on the floor. Right, right. I'm still going to do it. Like my, my, my hashtag now is cry and thrive. Cry and thrive. That's it. That's it. <laughs> You can cry, but we're also going to finish what we started, you know? Listen, listen. <laughs> uh, my last question, what advice would you give to those who know someone who has experienced a stillbirth? So like the support system for those people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would say be absolutely honest because most people that come to me and want to support somebody are like, I don't know what to say. Say that. Mm-hmm. Say I do not know what to say. I've never been in your shoes. But one thing I do know is that I love you and I'm here for you. And when you say I'm here for you, please mean it. Yeah. Um, like yeah. don't ghost them, you know, like because a lot of times we're just looking for like a listening ear and not somebody to fix us. Um, because you can't fix us because you can't bring our babies back. So there's no fixing. Right. It's just being somebody that is open and you can say like. I'm here to follow your lead. So if you want to tell me about the baby or talk about the baby when you're ready, let me know. I'm here to listen, you know, and like just follow their cues. But a lot of times support often dries up because you don't know what to say. You don't want to offend the person. And so you're just like, I won't mention it or I'm going to avoid it. And that feels even more isolating. So just being honest and just like, I don't know what to do. But I'm here. And if you want to do something tangible, food, offering to take their living children just to give them some time for themselves. Um, if you want to like help clean up or something at their house, like drop something off on the porch. Like I don't even have to see you. I drop something off though. Or here's a gift card, you know, just like those tangible things. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have, if they talk about their baby a lot, getting something with their baby's name on it. Yeah. Or even just remembering the day, a day that means something to the parent, to the griever. So for me, it's January 18th. That's DJ's birthday. So if I get a text from somebody that says, happy birthday, DJ, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, they remember, you know, yeah. those in your calendar and like, just, just be there, you know, like be, be um, available because a lot of times we're, we just feel so alone. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Thank you so, so much, Alicia. Like I, I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful to be in the same space as you to be like, to have met you and your powerful story. You're such a strong woman. Um, and, and strength being your, your vulnerability, right. Your, your will to heal. Right. Because I think the word strong for women, especially black and brown women is changing. It's shifting. So like the new soft is the new strong. Yeah. yeah. You know, like really giving permission to the rest of us. Um, just, you know, my experience in the support group with you, giving us permission to, to, to let go and to heal and to really feel what it is that we feel and, you know, to go to therapy or keep going to therapy and, you know, not telling us, oh, if you do it for this amount of time, then you'll be good. It's like, nah, like this is what it really is. And, you know, it's been X, Y, Z amount of years and I'm still in this space, you know, 
but it gets easier every day when you talk about your story, when you find support, when you, you know, allow yourself the vulnerability to step outside of you and really look at, you know, what support is around, who, what other communities are there. So I'm so grateful to have met you. So, so grateful. Same. The feeling is mutual. Yes. <laughs> and I yes. again wish you the best on your podcast journey. Um, this is amazing. And I'm excited to hear all the countless stories that you're able to capture. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you guys, if anybody knows anybody or if you yourself are in need of just some additional um, support, you can go to Amazon and order Alicia's book, Still Here, A Memoir of Love, Loss, and Triumph After Stillbirth. Her website is also on my website. If you go to the podcast um, page of ashleyelaine.me, you'll see resources for Zero to Hope. You'll see Alicia's picture and her beautiful profile um and her website her her website's gorgeous i'm such a sucker for beautiful websites <laughs> i really am i'm like so i'm like oh these are so pretty <laughs> um, yes and she she's she's I, like if if all of my listeners if you know me i do not like i'm very strategic on who i have in my space um, mm-hmm. the people that I allow in my orbit and Alicia is a beautiful soul, beautiful soul, a great, great resource, great connection. Um, so please reach out to her if you need a, a shoulder, a virtual shoulder or yeah. advice of <laughs> coaching, whatever it is. Um, you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do this alone. So Alicia, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> One of my favorite things to have at home with me when I need to just unwind and relax my mind and my body or when I'm in those really deep healing spaces and just need something to bring me back to center are candles. Vintage Essence is a black woman-owned company that specializes in candles, wax melts, and car diffusers. I also love my car to smell good. VE's goal is to provide you with items that make you feel comfortable and relaxed and that make your home your jam. Who doesn't want their home to be comfortable? Who doesn't want their home to feel safe and smell good and to feel cozy? Go to VintageEssenceCo.com and use the exclusive code that was created for our listeners, Voices15, to get 15% off your order and become a candle cousin today. Listen, y'all, my favorite candle is Hookah Lounge and Rest Your Cakes. I was able to get some samples of Rest Your Cakes hookah lounge was in a sample box that i got that she that vintage essence did during valentine's day i brought myself a cute little valentine's day candle set and brought myself some flowers ladies don't ever think you can't buy candles for yourself on special holidays also hmm beautiful scent long lasting just like filled the room so quickly but so softly at the same time these candles were definitely made with love definitely with prayer hands knew it like it's like the the candle knew exactly what i needed when i needed it so don't forget to use code voices 15 at vintageessenceco.com Anybody that knows me knows that 
coffee is my thing. I wake up in the morning, I get me a cup of coffee. I also truly enjoy teas. Teas are so healing for the body, mind, body, and spirit. Ocean Royalty Healing's mission is to lead through transparency as a vessel to inspire healing. Each of their products are made with pure love and with the intention to provide emotional healing. Whether you're indulging in one of their herbal tea blends or um, or their thoughtfully crafted intention oils, you do so with so much joy. Ocean Royalty is here to offer physical, spiritual, and emotional healing through the curative power of energy healing, herbs, and crystals. Try any of their products at OceanRoyaltyHealing.com for 10% off with the code Voices of Ocean. May peace and blessings reside with you always. And when you say healing energy, I can feel it right i never use products that i don't know where other people's hands are because healing comes from the hands and these teas amazing i got the lavender chamomile tea to drink at night and when i tell you the lavender is so potent it hits you and you like before you even take a sip the the lavender coming from the cup with the nice steam when it's nice and hot my eyes was ready to fall asleep. Like my eyes were closing just off the smell. Like I, I was about to fall asleep with it sitting in my hand, right? And it also tastes so good, so good, so, so good. It's so, it's so pure. You can taste the purity in this tea. I've also used or drink, I still drink the goddess womb tea. The goddess womb tea, I highly recommend ladies uh, and men, you can buy this for your ladies, right? Um, to help ease cramps during our, our cycles, our moon cycles, during, after our cycles, right? To help bring blood flow back in, to help clean out anything that needs to be cleaned out, to keep our wombs healthy, ladies. This goddess womb tea is packed with vitamins, iron, magnesium, and antioxidants, and it's made with red raspberry nettle leaf hibiscus flower orange peel and rose hip after i had my miscarriage i was told that red raspberry well i googled what i should eat what i should drink all those things and i still i haven't stopped drinking red raspberry tea red raspberry tea has been a saving grace so this goddess womb tea is really good for clearing out any of those energies right really restoring the womb and restoring the body our creativity comes from that space also so go ahead and head over to oceanroyaltyhealing.com for 10 percent off with the code voices of ocean Whew. and Yes, I want to thank all of you for tapping in um, to this episode. Um, Alicia is just a beautiful soul, beautiful soul. And, you know, it's unfortunate and fortunate that we met through grief, um, yet and still I'm grateful for the connection with her, the work that she's doing. So definitely if you yourself or anybody you know is in need of resources or support definitely tap into her you can go to my website again it's ashleyelaine.me 
and there's you'll see all the resources from this month's guest um alicia's is definitely up there so uh thank you guys for tapping in to voices of the body yeah i i hope uh i hope these i hope this episode has given you permission to heal and grieve whatever it is that you need to grieve um so I will, well, I won't see you, but you will hear from me next week. I love you all for free. Namaste. Soundstripe. Soundstripe.